0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. The 49ers have went ahead and made their roster moves. They needed to get down from 85 to 80, and they've uh they've handled that today. They've made a variety of different moves which we'll get into. And what is up, Joel? I hope you're having a good one. Uh thanks for being in chat. I'm excited about this um episode because there's a lot of moving parts. Of course, last last or I'm sorry, yesterday, uh, the 49ers went ahead and got Deshaun Gibson safety and I didn't really go live. I didn't talk about it a whole lot. I did talk about it on, you know, a show that's going to come out at noon over on Patreon, Slightly Offsides, with Horst. So if you want to know the full feelings on that, you can hop over there and check that out if you're already on our Patreon. Great for you. Uh, that works out. But the Forty yards went ahead and made some roster moves today. And it started about an hour ago with uh, Jason Verrett officially being put on the PUP injury list, which means Jason Verrett will miss the first four games with the new rules this year. Uh, with a collective bargaining agreement, the 49ers only will have to miss Jason Verrett for the first four games. So it's not six like it was before, but now four. So Verrett is eligible to come back after four games, which means the 49ers are going to add a you know potential Pro Bowl caliber player at some point during the season, which I think is very important. That is fantastic news for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but they needed to go ahead and make this roster move. It makes sense. I know, Kyle Shanahan has talked about before that Jason Vrett so, wanted to be ready for week one, but he brought up 2019 when they brought Jason Vrat in and worked him a little bit too hard, uh, and he wasn't able to hold up. So, they're taking their time. Kyle said he wouldn't care if Verrett was back after four games or halfway through the year, or in the end of the season, no matter what. He just wanted to get Jason Vret back at some point, and now they've put him on the pup list. They've gave him extra time, and at some point, he's going to come back and help this roster So uh, Jason Brett will miss the first four games. That's official. Then they also took care of a defensive tackle, rookie defensive tackle, six-round pick, Kalia Davis. He's going to start on the NFI, which is a non-football injury list. Of course, he was injured on his preparation for the draft. So he's going to be out for a while. What's up, Donald? Welcome to chat. Uh, So he's going to be out. He would be eligible to come back at some point during the year. I do not expect the 49ers to bring him back unless there was a a bunch of injuries. I don't think that'll be the case. I think this D-line is going to stay... Primarily healthy. So uh that was two. So you knew there needed to be three roster cuts, and there was, and and some of them weren't as surprising. I think if anyone that's been on the live streams knows, I've been talking about Sam Schluter potentially getting released. Offensive tackle from Minnesota undrafted free agent. Sam Schluter was uh waived today. So he was you know injured in the game. Now he's moving on. Uh so they went ahead and made that move. Of course, yesterday it was Austin Mack, who I had predicted was gonna get moved. Uh, they moved him to make room for Tashawn Gibson, but uh, Mac was dealing with a hamstring, so he was going to be gone. So that was that was a couple of moves that they've made in the last couple days. Then today, it was also Jeremiah Gemmel, the undrafted free agent linebacker. Uh, another one we brought up, it was going to be either Saguna Luby or Jeremiah Gemmel. It ends up being Jeremiah Gemmel. What's up, Paul? Welcome to chat. And then the last one, a little bit of the surprising one, is tight end Tanner Hudson. But Hudson had had himself a really good camp the 49ers, you know, looking, uh, this is one of those things we talk about, a veteran that's not going to make this roster. The 49ers go ahead and, and move on from him and give him an opportunity to land somewhere else. So I think Tanner Hudson, of all the names, was the only one that was really surprising, and only for the mere fact that he had been playing so well as a receiver. But was he going to be able to beat out Charlie Warner, Tyler Croft, or Ross Dwelly? I don't think so. And the fact that he wasn't, go ahead and move him now allow him to uh, the opportunity to go land somewhere else. I think that could be uh, really important. Uh, What's up, Aaron? Welcome to chat. I hope you're having a good one. What's up, Portola? Oh, I like it. Uh, Portola says, looks like Hudson probably got a solid offer from another team. I'm guessing he's going to land somewhere. I mean, he is somebody that's been with Tom Brady before in Tampa Bay. So maybe uh, Hudson's probably going to end up on a roster. I won't be surprised if he doesn't get picked up right away. I think he's showed himself to be a, a very good receiver from the tight end position. So I, I thought that one was surprising. But when you got a tight end room that consists of Kittle, Horner, Croft, Welly, and Fumagalli to go with Hudson, I mean, the, you're going to eventually run out of space. And that's what happened right here. The four yards just ran out of space in the tight end position. When I predicted a tight end, though, I thought it could have been Troy Fumagalli. So I was wrong on the guy that was going to end up getting moved. And uh, it was Hudson. I just thought Hudson had played so well. But I understand the move allowing him to go ahead and try to find a spot. So that makes sense to me. Uh, Hamad says Niners uh, ceiling 14 and three, Casey, LA, and Tampa Bay L's. Uh, I would love 14 and three. I-, I think that is, that'd be tremendous. That would be one heck of a year. And if Hamad, if you're right, uh, wow. I mean, I, but if that's the ceiling, right? I mean, they got potentially the best defense uh, in the NFL if they all play right. So it may be, maybe. Uh Aaron says dope show. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Uh, always welcome to come into chat and you know if you guys got questions whatever you guys can leave questions let's let's interact a little bit as we continue to talk about these moves um i don't think anyone was surprised about the jason brett news that that one wasn't surprising it was just when was it going to happen so it starts to clear up a little bit of the defensive back room uh now we know that of course you're going to have mosley uh and charverius ward those are going to be your two starters. Uh, the nickel corner spot maybe isn't completely decided, but it does look like it's gonna be Sam Womack. I think Womack has played so well. Womack would make a lot of sense. And D'Amico Ryan's had more comments about that nickel cornerback position, which I'll I'll try to bring you guys on another episode because it was fantastic the way he broke it down about how a nickel corner has to play like a linebacker on first, you know, the first two downs. And then on third down, he needs to go in there and be sticky and be able to lock someone down in man coverage. Uh, those players don't come along very often. So finding someone that fits that mold is important and it's difficult. It's difficult to find a guy like that. La- you know, last game, they really worked on Sam Womack working on his blitzing. That was something k1 Williams did so well. But we have an idea now of this cornerback room. Those three, of course, are up top. Keometer Lenore earned himself a 53-man roster spot, in my opinion, with what he did last week, being able to play in the nickel and on the outside. And then I don't think you're giving up with- from Ombre Thomas, which means the last line or last guy in the room is probably gonna be Dante Johnson. Uh Johnson's versatility to play corner and safety will probably get him over the te- on the team over a Kadar Holman and over a King Crowley. I kind of thought Crowley could have been released in this. If they wouldn't have moved if they wouldn't have moved uh Jason Verrett to the pup list right now, I think Crowley would have been the cornerback that went. It it kind of makes sense when you start letting guys go at certain positions. So i think that right now so far all their cuts have made sense it's always unfortunate when they get released but it's kind of a nature of the game just happens you know it just happens so uh i i think that it's one of those things you continue to see um you know the niners move forward with building this 53-man roster and what what you know it's one heck of a roster no cuts are going to be easy. Um, I thought today was overall for a fan. It wasn't very painful. You kind of knew Kalia Davis was going to end up on the NFI. You already knew Jason Verrett was probably going to start on the PUP list. Uh, and WTM says, do you have free safety concerns? I don't really. I thought that Tarvarius Moore did a good job. I've, I've been watching the All-22 film. I want to get more into the All-22 film on him. And In fact, I want to watch Tarvarius Moore. But I thought him and George Odom so far have looked pretty, pretty good at the safety position. So I've been excited about them. And I think that Taunohu Hufanga is going to play well at the strong safety position. I think they can bridge the gap until Jimmy Ward gets back. I think you know winning those first two games, they're winnable games, number one. You're playing Chicago. Uh, Chicago doesn't exactly have the most dominant wide receiver room. I mean, Darnell Mooney's good. I liked him coming out when he came out. Um, and he's, he's been a pretty good player. But you just don't have that many weapons now. Allen Robinson isn't there. So I think they can get through that game. And then you got Seattle. Now Seattle has Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. I mean, they're dangerous. They have weapons. But they don't exactly have somebody you fear pulling the trigger. You know, Is it going to be Geno Smith? Is it going to be Drew Locke? Um, I think the more dangerous thing is if it was Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and even then, you're having Jimmy Garoppolo you know, learning that offense for about a month. So... I think that right now I'm not worried about those first two games and get through those without Jimmy Ward. As long as he comes back for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, I'm excited about their opportunities to win. So I think they brought in Sean Gibson mainly to get through this Houston Texans game to make sure you don't have to play more the entire game. Because if you go back and you watch the Minnesota game, are Moore more still playing in the fourth quarter. Like You can't have a potential starting safety playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. So they needed to add depth. I expect Tashawn Gibson and Taylor Hawkins to play a ton of snaps uh, once we get to the second, third, and fourth quarter. I think we'll get to see them a lot. It allows Gibson to put good film out there for the rest of the league to prove that he can still do it at 32 years old. Buccaneers can get a good look at him, but also they can go ahead and and protect Tarvarius more, protect George Odom for having to play extended snaps. Because right now, even though you want these guys to play those snaps and get better and better also want them to stay healthy because you got to get to Chicago healthy and you don't want to suffer another injury at the safety position. 49ers have insulated themselves through the entire offseason to be able to handle injuries at positions and usually one injury. When you get multiple that it really starts hitting you and you don't want to suffer multiple injuries at the safety position, that would be really bad for the Niners. So right now I'm okay with it. Thing they can get through the first two games until Ward gets back. And then after that uh I think we'll be just fine because Jimmy has stayed healthy recently of course he did not stay healthy at the first part of his career but it's a little bit different now i think so um donald says i think this year will be something like 2019 but we will take it all uh i i like that i hope they do take it all i would love that to happen 49ers you know are building a roster that definitely has the capabilities of winning a super bowl you have to go out and prove it on the field and it was just last year the niners started 2 and 4 because they they struggled a little bit in the execution part of the game a lot of that has to go with getting that chemistry getting that camaraderie of playing together uh you're gonna have a young quarterback so we'll see how the four yards handle the first part of the season I do believe it lines up pretty nice for them those first two games to allow Trey Lance, this offense get their feet underneath them and then be able to go out and you kind of learn on the fly that's good news going into Denver where that'll be the first real super good uh, test for this 49ers team the good news is for this team They got one of the best defenses in the league right away. So I think they can overcome a lot. Um, Biggie, I hope you have a good one checked in from work. Donald says, will Sermon be cut or do we still think Hasty will be? I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. I think this this running back room hasn't been decided yet. I think the Houston Texans game is going to provide even more film and a bigger decision for the 49ers. I think coming out of that Houston game – we could see a running back end up getting traded because they do have to make a roster move there. You have two guys potentially have to move. Uh, if you're going to cut it down to four and then the fifth running back be Kyle Juszczyk, you have to make sure you're moving two guys. There's guys up for it. But Jordan Mason has proven to be uh, you know, formidable. He's not going to make it to your practice squad. Probably if you if you go ahead and waive him, he'll probably won't clear waivers. Somebody like Seattle would love to pick him up. But I think the 40 yards have some decisions to make there. They might have to move on from a third-round pick in in Trey Sermon. Could they trade him? Uh, There wasn't a trade market for Kenyon Drake. I wonder what kind of trade market there would be for a Jermichael Hasty or a Trey Sermon. I think Sermon would be someone the 49ers might want to move on from because Jermichael Hasty's look explosive, and he does something different than everyone else. When you look at these uh, running backs in categories, I put Elijah Mitchell by himself because to me he's – I mean, just – Far ex- uh, extended past everybody else in training camp. He looked fantastic when he was healthy. But after that, Jeff Wilson Jr., TDP, Trey Sermon, Jordan Mason, they're all similar in style and the way that they run. Now, they're at different levels of their progression as far as growing within this offense and growing as NFL players. And I think that's why you've seen Jeff Wilson Jr. not have to play in preseason because he's already learned all these things, and he's playing really good in this system. I've seen it at training camp firsthand. It was fantastic. But the other guys are all learning and battling, and it's going to come down to the best players are going to make this team. Or going to have some really tough decisions to make. Will they move on from Trey Sermon, a third round pick in the second season? Whew. So would they move on from Jordan Mason and risk having to face him in Seattle the next two or three years? I don't know. I think Seattle would love to have him after, you know, uh, losing Chris Carson. I think that would make a lot of sense for them. So it's a tough proposition in this running back room. I'm not ready to call it yet. I've seen all kinds of thought processes on it, but uh, I early in this season thought that they were going to be able to get Jordan Mason in the practice squad. I no longer believe that, which means they have a tougher decision to make, but we'll see what happens after the Houston Texans game. Hopefully some of these guys will go out there and absolutely take the position and then we can figure out uh, where everyone's going to go. So I love, I love the, the comment from Aaron all gas, no breaks. That was one of my favorite things that Robert Sala brought to this defense was the all-gas, all, all no-breaks mentality. Get after it. Uh, I love that. Get him. Uh, Portola says, One tight end who could be a true t- number two tight end is Devin Asiasi, local kid, uh, the Belichick doghouse. I, I did not realize he was in the Belichick doghouse. Now, uh, I love that you said that, Portola, because Devin Asiasi went to De La Salle and Concord. I watched him play so much in high school. I'm very familiar with Devin Asiasi. I used to go to the de la salle games whenever it was possible uh, in fact i'm planning on going to one this year when they play a local team where i'm from uh, near stockton california st mary's so i'm interested in play or interested in watching uh, de la salle but devin osiossi is a really good blocker with a tremendous amount of athletic ability he was a guy that not only could play tight end in in uh high school but also defensive line and quarterback when it was necessary uh I mean, yeah, he's probably getting in the doghouse of Shanahan and Belichick seems to be a thing. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Ossi Ossi, if he was to get released, I don't know if he's going to get released. Uh, the foreigners could be interested in maybe bringing him into a practice squad because I think he would be interested in coming back to the Bay Area. That's an interesting one. Well well thought about uh, Bortola. I'm going to keep a, an eye on Devin Ossi Ossi because he's one of the guys that I really do like, one of the local guys I'm a big fan of. WTM says, how much man coverage do you think we'll play this year? I think it'll be a lot on third down, especially early on in the year. I think the four years are going to try to lock these guys down and then get a, tr- a tremendous amount of pressure from their defensive line. Running man coverage uh, is something that D'Amico did last year. He would come up and put him across the board. He'd bring Jimmy Ward up you know, in that nickel spot or in that dime spot and come up and just take somebody away in the slot. So this was something they like to do. They like to speed up the thought process of the quarterback. But I think it will happen. I think they'll try to mix in their normal coverages as well, whether that's quarters you know, or whatever they plan on running. But I think situation is gonna dictate that. And anytime you get third and five or 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 smaller, so third and four, third and three, whatever it is, I think the Niners could go man. Because you want to be able to get up there, press these guys, lock it down, give your D line a chance, you know, to get to the quarterback, but also to defend them, not allow these easy throws and easy conversions on third down. But I think the Niners goal Have a lot of third and longs, and if you're in third and long, you can run run zone. You can play the sticks, which means put your back heels at the sticks, let them catch the ball underneath, and then go rally and make tackles. That is a way. You just want to get off the field on third down. It doesn't matter if you have third and eight, they get seven, you're off the field. And so I think that that's how the forty yards want to handle it. But getting there is another thing. You know, you got to make sure you do having Armstead and Kinlaw healthy on the interior definitely will make it easier to stop the run and hopefully provide more third and long situations uh, where the four years defense can get after it. Because that means Nick Bosa has more opportunities to get sacks. Uh, And I think that's what everyone really, really wants on this team. So I I love it. And uh, Avion says, it's Swarm now. I I love the Swarm. Uh, Get after it. Get after this uh, offenses that you're going to be going against. Big fan of all that. And WTM says, what's the latest on Verrett? The latest on Vret is that he's going to start on the pup list. That means he's going to miss the first four games. They said he has had no setbacks. He's still getting healthy, uh, getting his legs underneath them. But I think what they're trying to do is allow Jason Vret the opportunity to get completely back conditioning-wise, allow his legs to get healthy. The reference that they've made uh, to Jason Vret was in 2019. And I think everyone remembers him going out there against the Steelers and absolutely getting burned. They're saying it had less to do with his recovery and more to do that they pushed him too fast and he wasn't healthy enough to be able to go out there and handle those situations. They're trying to make sure that doesn't happen this year because they're looking at the, in the grand scheme of things, getting him back in the middle of the season would be the most important. Having him be able to come in a cornerback room. When you go to dime situations that you can put Jason Verrett and you can put Sam Womack in there on third and long, be able to go ahead and help cover with Charveris Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. Not only do you have four tremendous cover guys, including Jimmy Ward at safety who can match up with a lot of tight ends and running backs and some receivers in this league, but you have a tremendous amount of versatility for all those guys to play inside and out, which means you can match up on certain guys depending on skill set and what teams like to do on the offensive side. That versatility and flexibility is what they want on defense for the 49ers. So getting Brett back, a guy who has – Pro Bowl caliber uh, talent, all pro, if he wouldn't have been injured all these years, I think is what they're looking for. And I mean, that's the thing, right? When you get into these late season games, you need to win at the end of the year. You need to win in the playoffs. And a, a healthy Jason Brett helps you do that. Because 2020, he had such a great year. And I think he was poised for one in 2021. Suffers the, the bad injury, unfortunately, uh, against the Detroit Lions. That was just too bad. But I'm hoping that's what we get from Brett this year. But I think it would be absolutely fantastic to get all those guys out there on the field together. It could be tremendous. It really could be tremendous. Uh, what a what a great group that would be in the secondary. And you know, the 49ers, of course, need to get Jimmy Ward back. And I think they will. I don't think the Gibson. I don't think Deshaun Gibson ends up making this fifty-three man roster. I don't know what everyone else believes. If they believe uh Gibson can make this roster, I don't think that's the case though. Um, so they have decisions still to be made. They have twenty-seven more players that they're going to have to move on from in some capacity. Of course, 20 of those players will, you know, or I'm sorry, uh, 16 players wind up making the practice squad. Um, So they're going to have, you know, a few guys coming back, but how many of those guys are we going to move on from? How many of those players are going to get claimed? I think that's going to be interesting. We had a couple players already that were claimed. Of course, Keyshawn Johnson ended up going to Atlanta. Josh Hokett ends up going to Arizona. The 49ers roster very appealing to the rest of the league who doesn't want to go grab one of these players because if you start looking at the rosters around the league their depth is not as good as the 49ers john lynch adam peters and this uh scouting department has really outdone themselves and a lot of that is because they're hitting on draft picks i think they hit it out of the park again this year now of course we have to wait for these guys to develop and actually go out there and prove it on the field but from first eye you know getting our eyes on them being able to see them. It appears they're doing tremendous. Uh, Spencer Burford had another really good performance against the Vikings. I think that is encouraging. And then also you have guys like Jason Poe stepping up. Uh, but Danny Gray looks to be a big-time player eventually in this league. TDP is growing and developing. I think you can be excited about that. Drake Jackson is a tremendous athlete, and he's going out there and getting better and better every single day. Stan Womack was a fifth-round pick. So I mean, they're hitting in all these rounds with a lot of players. I think it's exciting the way that they've handled the draft over the last couple of years, getting starters like Hufanga, Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford. Uh, that's what you want. Draft and development is how the 49ers handle building a roster. That's also how you ensure that you can continue to stay competitive for years because players are going to filter through. You have to be able to draft players and develop them so you have them on cheaper contracts while you pay your big time players like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Trent Williams. You're able to keep those guys and then also continue to replenish your roster to stay competitive for years. If you miss on those draft picks, you're not able to do that. So I think it's an exciting proposition for the Niners that they just don't rebuild. They reload while staying competitive the entire time. That is fantastic. WTM says, if Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy, who do you want to see become run back one? Um, I think that Elijah Mitchell hopefully stays healthy. I know he's had the soft tissue injury. Of course, last year, he only played in 11 games. That's not what you want from your running back one. But I think what they've done is actually try to make it so they could get volume uh, carry guys in there to help take some of the load off Elijah Mitchell. He was asked to carry a lot of the load last year. Trey Sermon underdeveloped. Raheem Moser got hurt. Jeff Wilson Jr. had the meniscus. There just wasn't the players around him. They ended up having to count on Debo Samuel to come in and do it. So I think there was a, a push from the 49ers to make sure that didn't happen to build a running back room that had guys that could be volume carry guys. And that's what they did. TDP is a big physical guy. He can carry it a a multitude of times. Jeff Wilson Jr. is healthy again, and that was his MO, right? He was that guy you could turn to, give him the ball, and you knew what you were going to get out of him. Those two guys right there are going to be towards the top of the list. And then I think after that, right now, I like Jamichael H. in the third down back role. But besides that, not really. I like him just in third down. Then you have Jordan Mason, who could develop into something in the future. So I think right now I would put Jeff Wilson Jr. as running back one if Elijah Mitchell is out. I think he right now provides the 49ers with the most versatility and also the best vision because I think he's just further developed than the other players. I think eventually TDP, Jordan Mason, um, those guys could catch catch up to Jeff Wilson. I think they're actually more talented than Jeff Wilson. But Wilson right now is uh, playing above his uh, pay grade because I've seen him in training camp and he was making violent cuts showing tremendous vision, and you could see he had a real good feel of this 49ers offense that the other guys are still developing. You could see TDP at times, you know, making the wrong reads. You see uh, Jordan Mason now, he made a lot of really good reads in this last game, so he looked good, but I think the development still needs to happen in this running back room. But right now I'm going with the two guys up top. I think Elijah Mitchell is head and shoulders above everyone else, and I think once we get to Chicago, if he's healthy, he's going to show everyone what he's about. Because um, he was showing out at training camp. I mean, the, the electricity that he ran with, he just has that speed, the vision. Um, holes to him are not like everyone else. Everyone else has to run you know, through these big holes. They, if they don't see a big hole, they go ahead and move on. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's a lot like Gail Sarah said, Give me six inches of daylight, and I'm going through that. And I think that's what I like about Elijah Mitchell a lot get vertical, get upfield, get those yardage. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, John Nevels, which is Sac Francisco. What's up? Uh, San Francisco says JV will be on the field later this season. He'll come back by week four or five to solidify the secondary. Couldn't agree more. You know, I think Jason Verrett will come back. I think that's the best situation for the Niners and for Verrett to keep him healthy. Make sure conditioning wise he's in the right, uh, you know, right level, right area. That also means it'll be over a year since the injury, giving him the opportunity, you know, the amount of time, uh, the ample time that he needs to get healthy. So, I think that's a good move by the San Francisco 49ers, moving him to the pup list. I think Jason Verrett now has the opportunity to come back and help this team. Uh, And it doesn't have to be rushed. And the reason it doesn't have to be rushed is because they hit on a player like Sam Womack. Because Diamond Lenore has developed to be able to play in the nickel corner uh, spot. Um, I think that they're still worried a little bit about the outside corner spot because... I think they thought Omri Thomas was going to continue uh, to develop. And, of course, his development has kind of slowed a little bit. But I don't think they're ready to move on from Omri Thomas. They're not giving up on a third-round pick. That's why it's hard to go ahead and move on from Trey Sermon. Even though right now Sermon hasn't played you know, to the to the highest levels that you would expect from a third-round pick, they'll play, you know, decent. I mean, he's the other guys look really good. They do. So I think they still have some decisions that need to be made and the cornerback room i think got a little more clear um over the last you know few weeks through training camp kind of saw guys step up and you know, we've seen Ken Crowley we've seen Kadar Holman but i don't expect them to make this roster i think there are you know guys that could end up on the practice squad of course Crowley's a veteran a seven year veteran who's good on special teams Holman's good on special teams i think those guys are candidates for your practice squad and then with Ken or with with Womack, being able to step up and and play that position i think you're excited about uh, Samuel Womack being able to step into the next corner spot. Uh, Nick Elfer said, Why can't we move on from Hasty? His pass catching is not elite and he's not a great runner. We can't find someone who can pass, block, and catch better. Well, Nick, you know what? I, I think that Kyle Shanian has an idea of what he wants from a third down back. I do have a question if he's going to continue to want that guy. Now, Hasty has looked explosive in training camp in the preseason. Um, but it was early on in the process that I thought maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. and Elijah Mitchell could split that third down back role. They can both catch the ball, in the backfield. They can both pass protect. So the four years could do that. They could decide to move on from Jermichael Hasty, go with that where it's a combination of guys on third down that would allow them to keep and end Jordan Mason. If that's really what they wanted to do, maybe they end up going that way. Um, so that is something that can still be determined The 49ers, I know for a fact, will put out the best 53 they can. I don't know if Demichael Hasty is going to be a part of it. And I think coming into this year, I fully expected them to go ahead and move on from Demichael Hasty because of what we've seen. He kind of fade last year during the season. It was early in that season, uh, training camp and everything. He flashed again. Preseason, he was fantastic. He had to beat out Wayne Gallman, and he did it. This year, same thing, right? We're in training camp, preseason Michael Hasty looks good. In fact, I think he looks better than last year, more explosive. This time, he's trying to beat out a multitude of guys. Can he do it? I don't know. I, I think the 49ers are going to have to make some tough decisions in the running back room. That's why, I, that's why I'm not ready to declare who's going to be on that 53. yet. I'm waiting for Houston to play out. I want to see if one of these guys can actually emerge you know, and take over a spot. I do know that they're not going to move on from TDP, but other than that, I think it's sort of up in the air a little bit. And WTM says... What's the biggest thing you are most excited about this 2022 roster? I'm most excited about seeing what they're going to do uh, with the skill players. Because I think the 49ers have a tremendous amount of skill players that do a variety of different things. And I just want to see what happens when Kyle Shanahan gets in there and moves people around. I mean, Debo Samuel, we know, is going to get a lot of attention. What kind of avenues is that going to provide for players like Ray Ray McLeod, Danny Gray, who have tremendous speed, who get whole shot plays? We know that Trey can throw the ball down the field. But what about the times where they get the attention, you know, the way Kyle Shanahan can scheme it up to get Debo, Debo get the defense's attention and then hit one of these guys, including Brandon Ayuk, you know, in movement, in motion, uh, and get these guys the ball on slants and stuff. Could we see some of that that we saw in the 80s with uh, Jerry Rice and John Taylor, these big-time plays that start from a, you know, three- or four-yard pass that ends up being 80 yards I think that's what I'm excited to see because I think Kyle finally has a full array of, of talented players that he can use, most talented wide receiver room, and I think he has a really talented running back room as well. So I think that's what I'm kind of excited to see. I'm excited to see Trey run this offense. Um, and then second, I think it's the defense overall because I think the defense could be one of the best. I think it's going to be suffocating at times. Uh, I think it's really going to get after a lot of these offenses. And suffocating defense isn't something that exists in today's NFL normally because of the rules and the way that it's definitely uh, slanted towards offense. So I think those are a couple things that I'm excited to watch. Fishing says, what do you think about Poe running with the ones today? You think that he can be, uh, he can beat out banks? Um I don't know. I-, I think it's nice to give him that work with the ones. I think that's important. We want to see what we can get out of, of Poe. They're trying to make a decision on who uh, you know can be on this team. I think that Aaron Banks does have this thing locked up because I believe uh, Banks has had a good showing. I mean, two good games in a row. Is he flashy like Poe? No. Is he flashy like Burford? No. Has he been consistent? Yes. And consistency is something the 49ers coaching staff absolutely loves. So I think Banks is right now the starting guard. But, you know, this is one of those things where if Poe can go out there and prove it. I mean, Poe had a bad performance in pass past protection in week one preseason week two he was fantastic a clean a clean sheet that's good for the 49ers so i think they're going to give poe an opportunity to prove he deserves to make this 53 man roster i don't believe right now he's pushing to start over banks but it doesn't mean he can't do it at some point point. and i think that's good for the niners that they have guys that they believe in that could be starters in this league and all the while it's not maybe a reference on uh aaron banks but eventually they could end up moving burford to tackle at some point in his career and putting Poe and Banks together at guards. So the 49ers are just building an offensive line uh, that is young, that they can continue to surround Trey Lance with, and Poe does very good in the run game, which we know the 49ers value so much. And what's up, Ernest? I hope you're having a good one. I'm glad you came through. Um, get, uh, Nick says, Nick says, Danny Gray was listed as kick returner two. Way more speed on kick return this year. Special teams are doing going to get better. Brian Schneider's bringing an aggressive style. And I think they are going to be aggressive. Danny Gray has looked fast. Uh, They've been using a few guys to uh, to have kick returns. But, yeah, I think they're going to get after. The special teams has much improved. I've been excited about what I've seen, even from their practices. I would sit there and watch their training camp practices, and they would do a really good job. So you're right, Nick. I, I think it does look better. I think they're going to continue to get better. And I think they're going to be aggressive. Where Richie Hightower was kind of sitting back, um and was kind of like a more of a you know let it come as you know or you know let's play it as it comes i think a going to go out there and and do some things i think we're going to get a fake punt or something like that this year which we haven't really got that aggressive nature from richie uh so we're going to get it this year and the special teams is going to be aggressive i think that's Niners offense defense and special teams are all going to have an aggressive nature which makes it a more exciting brand of football to watch that's what they're about they're about getting after it ernest says i believe in trey but abby uh Abby Brock Birdie as a backup excites me. He's just as good as Sudfeld in my opinion, and um, I think I think when it comes down to it, Brock Purdy is exciting a lot of people. I I mean he he looks good. He's throwing with a lot of consistency. He's getting the ball out on time. I think those are things to be excited about. But Nate Sudfeld, in my opinion, has looked a little bit better than Purdy. And I think a lot of it has to do with the command of the offense. Even though I think Purdy. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's looked fantastic. He doesn't look like a seventh-round pick. He's looked good. I think that, overall, Nate Sudfeld offers more to this 49ers team right now. I think they would love to get Purdy to the practice squad, have him be the third quarterback, have him come in and run the scout teams. I think that's something they'd be excited about. I think that's what they're going to try to do. If Purdy ends up getting picked up, I think they're going to be a little bit disappointed. uh, But they can't move on from Nate Sudfeld. They need him in that quarterback room with Trey Lance, and they also need Nate Sudfeld on the roster because they're paying him $2 million guaranteed. A lot of times when it comes to quarterback play, follow the money. But I think it will be Sudfeld, even though I think Purdy has done a very good job of pushing this conversation and making it an actual competition, which, I mean, was that supposed to happen for the year? Probably not. But I think that this is a a good move uh, for the Niners, being able to have these three quarterbacks. Hopefully Purdy makes it to the practice squad because I think that's inevitably what ends up happening. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I don't I don't think they really want to move on from Nate right now. I think Kyle Shanahan really feels uh, comfortable with, with Nate Sudfeld being the backup quarterback. 40 uh, yards. Gal says, injury or someone having a great Houston game will sort out running backs. I think that's entirely accurate. I think sometimes these injuries happen uh, and it clears up the running back room. So 40 yard Gal is, is on top of that. Uh, something could happen to make this a little bit more... Um, you know, clear about what happens on the running back position. I think that's a good point. Born as faithful forever says Hudson surprised me. Thought he had uh Fumagalli beat. I did as well. The questions could be also how much because Fumagalli plays a lot in the backfield as a fullback as well. So maybe they wanted Fumagalli to get through the Texans game. So it could be an opportunity for Hudson to be able to sign somewhere else all the while allowing Fumagalli to continue to play fullback because him and Ross Dwelly have been handling that situation. And releasing Josh Hokett last week meant they only had Kyle Juszczyk at fullback. So it could be that reason as well. It's not just who are the you know the top players. Just because you get released early doesn't mean you are one of the bottom players on the team. But it means maybe they didn't have as much value for you going into the game that you're going to be going into. So you look at it and like, okay, Hudson wasn't going to make this team. Let's go ahead and release him now because we need Fumagalli to play fullback during the game. Because Kyle Juszczyk going to play one series or two series. And we need Dwelly and Fumagalli and to do that because we also want to take a look at Dwelly playing tight end. We don't want Dwelly taking all the snaps at fullback. So I think that could play into it as well. Making sure you can get through these games is important for Kyle Shannon. He's mentioned it on several different um, you know uh, press conferences that, hey, getting through the games is one of the most important things. And when you start cutting down players, you start losing guys that you are available. and That makes it more difficult to get through these games. So I think that that's part of it that goes into it. Bourne Gal says maybe a appearing to have had a good 2022 draft might mean they might uh let a third rounder risk trying to get on the practice squad. It could. I mean, they could take a chance and try to get Trey Sermon to the practice squad. The fact that you had a guy like Kenyon Drake that wasn't you know a tradable player and tradable piece. He's been a good veteran in this league. Could signal a saturation at the running back position. So maybe they would risk it. And Sermon hasn't exactly put out the best film. So maybe the 49ers just take a chance and try to get Sermon to the practice squad kind of the way they did with Colton McKivitz last year. Now McKivitz was a fifth-round pick, a fifth-round offensive lineman, definitely less of a risk to get claimed than Trey Sermon, but they might have to do that. That might be the best avenue for the Niners because you don't want to walk away from somebody else, especially if, if Trey Sermon's just not playing as good as everyone else. Now Kyle Shanahan has been you know, pretty steadfast in his belief that Trey Sermon has made a lot of good reads and has improved a lot since last year. I also believe he improved a lot since last year. But through two preseason games, I have not seen what I saw in training camp. In training camp, he was decisive. He was explosive. It was the best Trey Sermon I had seen over two years with the 49ers. It was, it was closer to what we saw at Oklahoma and Ohio State. And that's not what we've seen in these two preseason games. Now, were there that many opportunities for him to make explosives? No, there wasn't, right? He's not getting the holes that Jordan Mason, PDP, were getting, where they would have, like, three feet of room on each side to be able to run full speed for six yards. I think that's one thing Sermon hasn't got, but also Sermon hasn't run with that reckless abandon ability. He's been uh, very patient, and I think sometimes patience can catch up to you. So we'll see what ends up happening in the running back room, but I think that's another good point. They might ultimately try to move him to the practice squad. Uh, Well done, 49er gal. Bartola says four yards have lots of draft choices next year. Draft a quarterback deep in the draft if we lose Purdy. I think so. Uh, I think you could do that. You can also take a look around the league. There's probably going to be a quarterback or two that get released You know that would fit on your practice squad that you can bring in because, I mean, just right now, Minnesota made a move for Mullins. So they go ahead and get Mullins there in Minnesota, which means they might move on from Mannion. Mannion ran, because uh, I don't think they're going to move on from Kellen Mond, which means Mannion has run the McVay offense with the Rams. He would fit right away with what the 49ers wanted to you know, on offense. So if you lose Purdy, you bring in Mannion Mannion can come in and run your scout team. He could be the third quarterback. Hey, something happens and you need to, you know, kind of move guys around. Also, you have to take into account as of right now, you still have Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't expect Garoppolo to make the 53, but until he's moved, you just have to always keep that in the back of your mind. You know, what will Kyle Shanahan end up doing if they don't have a trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he just going to let him go with the report coming out today that some within the 49ers organization believe that if Jimmy is in fact released on August 30th, he will sign with the Seattle Seahawks, which means, you know, he's going to be in your division. I don't know if the 49ers wake up, you know, worried about that, but I think if he didn't have to be in the Pacific Northwest, I think you would rather him not because whether you like Jimmy or not, Jimmy makes the Seattle Seahawks so much better because he's better than Geno. He's better than Drew Locke. And so I think you would love to avoid that situation, move Jimmy to the AFC if possible. But if that's not the case, you have to do what you got to do to free up that money and, and make the right move. So I, I think that there's still things that need to be decided. But you're right. You can pick up a quarterback in next year's draft. You can pick up a veteran option this season. Uh, somebody like Mannion would make sense. You know, there's guys that could definitely come in and be that third quarterback um, and, and play on your practice squad. Uh, WTM says, do you think we have a top three defense today? Um, I think with Jimmy Ward not being available for the starting lineup, or at least us thinking he won't be available in the week one game, I don't think it's top three today. It's top five, uh, because I think Tarverius Moore can get us by, but I think once Jimmy Ward is fully insulated or instituted back into that starting lineup, you have this defense in full. I do believe they're a top three defense in this league, and I think they could be the number one defense overall in the league if they're able to get that you know, pass rush going consistently, which will, because they have one heck of a linebacker room, but they also have guys, young guys that are exciting, like Samuel Womack, playing the nickel, and if he's able to handle those deep slot fades that we had problems with you know last year from a variety of different players, it'll make this defense even more difficult. And I think Tarvarius Ward kind of unlocked it we We did a video it was a while back now about Tarvarius Ward and the fact he was going to lock down and create opportunities for this defense. And I don't think people really thought that he was a lockdown guy, but the effects that he's going to have and provide for this defense and for D'Amico Ryan to be able to move safeties other places so they don't have to help over the top, which they had to do last year for Ombre Thomas, I think is something that the Niners really need. And I think it's going to provide a lot of opportunities. So I'm excited about this defense overall, but I think getting Ward back is very important for the defense because Jimmy Ward is able to come up and take away a tight end. He's able to pick up a running back out of the backfield and lock them down. And I mean, you saw it in the NFC Championship game. Even though Cooper Cup made a tremendous catch, I mean, Jimmy Ward was all over him, and that's the you know one of the top wide receivers in the entire league. Not many safeties can do that, but Jimmy Ward has that versatility with corner skills and those long arms and the ability to run press man coverage. So I think that he's so important to this defense. But once they get him back, I do believe they're top three. Um, but that was a good question overall, WTN. I really appreciate that. WTM says Fred Warner was All-Pro a few seasons ago. How can All-Pro Fred get back to that? Real simple. Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, keeping offensive linemen off him. If they keep offensive linemen off him, he's going to go make some plays. And what's up, Jack McDonald? Thank you so much for joining the Cutback crew. Really appreciate it. We're on that push for 3K, and Jack just helped us get so much closer. Uh, So really appreciate you joining the TCC. And so I, I do believe that you know, he's going to have a lot more opportunities. I think also Dre Greenlaw being back next to his side, they play so well together. You can see Fred is able to do the things that Fred wants to do. D'Amico is able to put him in the positions where he's the most successful uh, because Dre and Aziz can kind of handle everything else. But I think you're going to see the most comfortable Fred. And I think Armson and Kinlaw are going to keep these offensive linemen occupied so that way he can flow free. If that linebacker core is flowing free, they're going to make a lot of plays in the run game. but I think Fred will be all pro caliber again. Well, you saw that trend happen last year. As soon as Armstead moved back inside, you saw Fred Warner's abilities uptick and the skills uptick, and he started making more plays. I think also he was trying to do too much. He was trying to do everything with Dre Greenlaw out. And when Aziz was hurt too, I mean, he basically felt like he was the only one in there. Um, so, yeah. And, and thanks for, for uh, subscribing. Big Niner. Really appreciate that. Uh, very much so. Big Niner and Jack McDonald, welcome to the Forty ers Cutback crew. Really, really appreciate that. Fishing says, you think everyone outside the 49ers media is sleeping on how good the Forty ers defense is going to be this year? I have started to see some people trending in the direction of, hey, this 49ers defense is pretty good. But I think until they get out there and actually see how good these guys are. Because, I mean, at training camp, we got to see just how suffocating they were. I felt bad for the offensive line at times. I felt bad for Trey Lance. Trey Lance would drop back and he would actually have time to throw. And there's just no one open. And I mean, these linebackers were locking down his check downs, the safeties and cornerbacks were locking down his receivers and George Kittle. It was, it was scary. I mean, that it was scary for our offense because you're looking at the offense. You're like, Hey, you guys are, you guys aren't that bad. You guys are pretty good. But this defense was absolutely locking it down. So I think there is a mild sleep on the 49ers defense. I think some people are starting to pick up how good they're going to be. But I, I think, you know, I think this is what's happening with this defense. I think they're going to eventually get everyone's attention. But you know, how it is when you're a West Coast team. You know, you're 49ers, you're probably going to get ignored a little bit. The only place you're going to get a lot of attention is that quarterback position because people love talking quarterbacks. And anytime you still have Jimmy Garoppolo on the on the roster, people have questions about Trey Lance because he hasn't proven it yet consistently in in a season but yeah this defense is going to be nasty uh what is up nico he says come from raider fan i don't think you can sleep on the niners talent yeah exactly i hope you're having a good day nico by the way nico's one of my guys i coached with him for a long time oh man nico we've known each other way too long but uh when it comes to football nico knows his stuff um so him saying the 49ers have a lot of talent you know it's true uh, Nico would absolutely love watching the forty ers corners because Tarburius Ward, Nico was a cornerback guy. Tarburius uh, Ward and Emmanuel Mosley's technique have been flawless. They've been fantastic. Every single day I saw them at camp, it was tough. I felt bad for Brian Ayuk at times. It was like he was going out there and he would go against Tarburius Ward. It's like, man, that was a tough rep. Then you flip him to the other side and you go against Emmanuel Mosley. Like, that was a tough rep too. Like, this isn't easy. And Brian Ayuk probably, you know, creates the most separation that I saw through training camp. I know last year he created over 3 yards of separation, so that was really good for him, but uh there was not very much separation when you got to the 49ers defense. They're absolutely fantastic. So yeah, it's it's a tough. It's it's tough for this it's tough sledding for the 49ers offense against this defense, which I think is going to make them so good in the long run. I'm really excited about them overall. I think they're going to be fantastic. And you know, it's it's one of those things where I just continue to watch the way that this team builds and the way that Kyle Shanahan, um, John Lynch, and and Adam Peters have built this roster. And it fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do on offense and defense, right? The attitude, the way that they attack things, which is a far cry from what Balky did with uh, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh got there, and he had a lot of the guys he needed. But then after that, it seemed like Balky had a different idea of what fit in Jim Harbaugh's offense and defense and has slowly eroded with Kyle Shannon and John Lynch. John Lynch says, okay, what do you need, Kyle? Kyle tells him what he needs, and they go out and they get it. Oh, uh, Kyle really liked Ray, Ray McLeod. Go out and get Ray, Ray McLeod, add him to the offense. Oh, we need a lockdown corner to make it so this defense is better. Let's go get Charvarius Ward. Uh, it, they just know what they're doing. They adjust on the fly. At first, they were a cover three team. That's what Kyle Shannon wanted to be. John Lynch made sure. We got you, Richard Sherman. We got the guys that you need. And all of a sudden, it was like, wait, we need to be more versatile in the secondary. Let's go get other guys that can be press cover guys. Let's go get other guys that can lock it down so we can do a variety of different things. Here comes Tarveris Ward. Here comes Jason Verrett. So I do love the way that John Lynch goes out and gets the players that Kyle needs. That way, this defense and offense can be the most competitive. All the while, keeping themselves a little bit different from the NFL trends. So that way, they're harder to prepare for. Because the Niners can line up with two tight ends. Not very many teams in this league can line up two tight ends, go power football, and run you over, and then still spread you out and get the ball to playmakers who can create in the open field. Uh, the 49 have some dynamics on offense and defense that no other team in the league can duplicate, which uh, that's what makes it tough for these other teams. Well, WTM says, uh, week one is 19 days away. Can you see us getting four sacks week one against uh, the, the damaged Bears? Yeah, especially with the fact that uh, Justin Fields is going to be looking for guys. He's going to have an an offensive line that's not the best. I think four sacks is within reach for the Niners. I think the Niners are going to get after him in a big way. And I like Fields. I think he's going to extend plays. He's an athletic quarterback. But I think he's also going to hold the ball a little bit too long. Last year, he really did try to just get the ball consistently. The Niners played off coverage, allowed him to complete those passes. They wanted to see if he could consistently do that throughout the whole game. And eventually, they had to change their process think this year they're going to be on his receivers they're going to get after him we know Allen robinson it makes it a little bit easier uh so i think it's going to be tough for the bears because i think the niners are going to come after them in a variety of different ways and they're probably going to disguise coverages and blitz justin fields so yeah i think four sacks is definitely within reach i wouldn't be surprised if it's actually more but good question wtm says, what's up and thoughts on jordan mason making the team i think it's possible i think after his performance this last week He really showed, I mean, it was was really good runs. Every single run was decisive. He did what he was supposed to do. He read the blocks. He got vertical. I think right now, the coaching points for him are elusiveness in the second level, something that was similar to Elijah Mitchell last year. Elijah Mitchell last year was great getting through the hole, getting vertical, maybe even got vertical a little too early at times because he wanted to make sure he was doing what Bobby Turner wanted. But I think Jordan Mason has showed that same ability. But now I want to see that elusiveness of the second level. Oh, there's a linebacker. Instead of just lowering my shoulder, lowering my head, and running this guy over, let's make a jump cut. Let's go past this guy. Let's give him a stiff arm. I think those things are things he needs to continue to develop. I think that'll take him to the next level. Those are things I see from Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr. in training camp. You've seen a little bit from TDP also. Stiff arm this defensive lineman here. Make this guy who went low on me miss because I'm going to move my legs out of the way, and then I'm going to finish a run by running someone over. So. Let's get Jordan Mason that kind of that intermediate part. And then I think he really has an opportunity. But the reason I think he has a chance to make this team, Grish, not only is he good, but I think they don't want to run the risk of potentially missing out on getting him. Uh, you know, getting him on this roster. If he try, if they try to, you know, release him, I think somebody will pick him up. They wave him, somebody will claim him. So uh the big niner says, where did you think the Niners will rank in the NFC West? I'm I'm going with one. I, I think I think overall the Rams have suffered too many losses. They lost a lot of players in free agency, suffered another loss to a starting offensive lineman. I, the fact that they're claiming players means, you know, they have some depth issues and, and that's their real problem. They have big time guys. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald. I mean, all three oh, yeah. levels of defense. Those Fantastic, right? And what's up, uh, Delmar Dennis? Uh, welcome to the Cutback Crew. Really appreciate it. Quest for 3K is here and you all are jumping on. I really appreciate that. But I, I believe they got the talent at the top end, uh, the question marks are the depth. I mean, you're an injury away from your defensive line being absolutely normal. If Aaron Donald wants to go down, uh, you're normal. And I think right now, teams are already able to move the ball on them. Uh, you have you know Stafford dealing with the elbow a little bit. Now he's pushing through. He's he's going to play. I think a veteran player like him, he's tougher boot leather. That guy uh, has proven it throughout his career. So I think that they have talent, and they have a, you know a bunch of talent, but it's kind of like top flight. They're more like basketball team they have that top level talent and then nobody else they're just those big names where the 49ers have that depth they're completely insulated they suffer an injury somebody steps up and you don't miss a beat um I think the loss of Eric Weddle's huge I think you know Whitworth the left tackle was huge those were losses that can't be measured I think they improved the linebacker position but I don't know if that's enough you know and Von Miller uh, was a reason the 49ers lost the NFC championship game he was big in that game no Von Miller uh, Von Miller opened some things up for Aaron Donald. So I think that's something to continue to watch. Uh, so I think that's where we're at. Uh, Delmar says, new subscriber, love the content. I go back a ways as Niner Faithful. Actually saw John Brody play at Candlestick. Love that. I, I love the John Brody. We we get people that come on here that talk about it. I don't know, uh, Delmar, if you ever went uh, to Kezar Stadium. But uh, we get people that come and talk about Keysar Stadium all the time and how hard the, the stadium bleachers were. I think that is so cool, you know, the, the, old, the older days of 49ers football. So that was probably in the 70s, fantastic times. And the 49ers were good back then. A lot of people have those, you know, they don't know that the 49ers and Cowboys had absolutely crazy battles in the 70s. That's why the catch was so pivotal. That 1981 game, the Niners finally got over the hump and beat dang Dallas Cowboys. I think that's why to a lot of people that watched the 49ers in the 60s and 70s, it was so important to win that game. And that changed the franchise forever. So uh, welcome to the Cutback Crew. Always nice. Just hop in and make sure uh, you always say what's up. Because I'm definitely interested in your comments. And thank you so much, Steve O'Donnell, for subscribing. I really appreciate that as well. Welcome to the Cutback Crew. This is going to be fun. And yeah, leave comments, guys. Let me know how you guys are feeling and thinking. Um, it's, it's, I'm always going to be interacting with you. So if you leave something, I'm going to get to it if I can. If I can't I don't see it, uh, you can either remind me or you can hit a super chat, which means I'll always get to you. Uh fishing says the other linebacker staying healthy will let Warner play like he used to. That's that's entirely accurate. You know what's crazy? Dre Greenlaw really has stayed healthy for the for the most of his career until last year. Then he started having the problems. And you know, whenever you have a core injury like that, um he tried to rush back to help his football team, but that makes it really tough. And I thought that Dre Greenlaw coming back to the end of the year, he never really was fully back to full health, but he did the the best he could. And of course Aziz had a multitude of things. Uh, that he went through. So yeah, this linebacker room uh, being healthy is important for Fred Warner. I think having those two guys by his side is important. And I'm also kind of interested to see how they handle the usage of Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Alshire, because you know you would think right now Dre Greenlaw is going to be on the field 70% of the, I mean uh, more, you know 70% more of the time than Aziz, because Aziz is you know the nickel corner comes in at 70% of the game. So when Aziz come out, I think they're going to kind of split that. I think they'll be, I think Trey Greenlaw will be out there for most of those snaps, but I think they're gonna give Aziz extra snaps. Uh so that'll be something kind of fun to watch as we continue to go through. Uh and and DZ Eagham says, thanks for the content, brother Ant. Always uh really appreciate you, DZ. So thanks for coming through and, and saying hello. I'm having fun with this chat so far. Started you know, talking about these 49er um cuts and roster moves, of course, because they didn't cut Jason Verett, they didn't cut Kalia Davis, they moved them. Uh, They moved Jason Verrett, of course, to the PUP list. They moved Kalia Davis to uh, the NFI, which I think everyone knew that was coming, but those became official, which means they only had to release three players. Tanner Hudson, the most surprising, the tight end. I thought he had played really, really well, uh, so I'm excited about that. And then I thought as well, you know, the other guys, Jeremiah Gemmel made sense. Um, The way that Demetrius Flanagan-Fultz had played at Mike Gemmel, you know, he, he had some flash plays. So I thought maybe it would be Saguna Lubi, but a Luby's more athletic more in tune with what the Niners like to do at linebacker. And then Sam Sluter unfortunately got hurt. Uh, they tried to give him a run at the beginning of the game. I think to give, you know, let him test it, see how much better he had gotten. And I'd seen him improve so much during training camp. The first day I was out there, like almost like he got beat every time. And then pretty soon it was like, okay, Sam Sluter's putting together consistent reps. So I thought he did get better, but um you know, we're still, we're still working on, on that, and I think they gotta, you know, they're going to have to make tough cuts. Uh, these ones made the most sense. Uh, Hudson, though, the surprising one. Um, and then Scott says, hey, Ant, welcome, Del Mar. My first year at Candlestick was 1981. What a great year to start, Scott. Uh, that's a good year to, to get out there at Candlestick. 49ers, go ahead and you know get that Super Bowl, get over the hump with the catch. Fantastic. Uh, Fishing said, what's your early prediction on sacks? ints versus the bears for the season opener everyone is saying that justin fields was running for his life last game um i think that early on i want to see i want to go over the matchups a little bit i'm going to be doing you know scouting reports i'm going to really break down the film of the bears and then put that over on patreon um something i'm looking forward to getting into is is breaking down these guys and of course i'll have also what's the game plan videos that'll come out right here on youtube but i think that the 49ers are going to go after him and attack him last year just that game overall, the way the four-yards played him, they let him have rhythm throws. I think they didn't think he was going to be able to be consistent and, and throw with a, a high enough completion percentage that they were going to have to worry about it. So I thought they thought they were going to get off the field on third down. He was able to win in those situations. He looked comfortable with those early reads. So I think this year they're going to go with a different approach, something more to what they've done with Russell Wilson, which is... Uh, make sure you blitz in your lanes, uh, but I think they're going to get after him, run more man coverage, and with no Allen Robinson, I think they really can't clamp him, but I think he's going to make some bad throws. I wouldn't be shocked to see the 49 go with six sacks and two interceptions in that game because I, I think that's you know an early prediction. Of course, I'll make a better one probably during my Wild West Bowl segment before that game, uh, but I, I think early on that's how I see this game going because I think Fournier's defense, number one, the D-line is going to be intense. But the things you're able to do and, and blitzing and creating, um, you know, are plugging up the lanes where he can run is very important. And the way they've handled Russell Wilson, I think they could do the same thing to Fields, except Fields isn't Russell Wilson right now. I don't know if he'll ever be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's one of the best deep throwers in the entire league, and he can create. He had that duck move that was just frustrating. Um, So I, I think, yeah, I think that's I think I think eventually that's what they're going to do to him. Scott Hill says, hey, hey Ant, oh, we'll start week one. I love the boldness. Scott. I love the boldness. I don't believe he will, but I absolutely love that. And I'm not going to hate on it because, I mean, he's definitely proving that that's a possibility. He's going out there and putting together tremendous snaps. And when you do that, you provide yourself an opportunity to go out and prove it. Hopefully they give him an avenue to go out and prove it. He had a a really, really nice, uh you know, game this last week. Uh, the clean sheet, again, the pass protection game has been the question. Coming into training camp, my questions were about his length because when you get into situations where it's pass blocking, a lot of times these defensive linemen have the opportunity to get their arms extended and then be able to put together those moves off of him, Uh, but he's so far been able to hold up, but let's see how he does it. Now, we've had one bad week in the first week against Green Bay in pass protection, a really good one this week against Minnesota. Let's see how he does against the Houston Texans, but I'm not against him making this roster. I don't think he'll start because I think Banks has just been too consistent But, hey, I like the fact that he's going there and pushing it. And, Scott, I think that's a a solid take. Um, uh, Marcelo says, I knew I I saw potential. Well done. I like the uses of the Poe on the potential. I like that a lot. Yeah, he's he's showing a lot of potential. Uh, And um, Marcelo says, Poe over Banks and Camp. Uh, Poe is going to give you those looks. Um, Poe is going to make you think. Like, he's going to give you the flash plays, right? The kick-out block that's fantastic. He's going he's gonna to get on the second level. He's going to put you in the ground. Banks isn't going to do that. Banks is just going to sneakily make his play. And as an offensive lineman, you don't want your name called. That means you've done your job. So if you don't hear from Banks, it means he's having a good day. And I thought Banks has had a good day. I think if Banks was struggling, Poe would have a better opportunity to, to start over him. But I think because he's consistent, they're going to stick with the hot hand. But I love the fact, and, and Marcelo's right, Poe did get those first-team snaps. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do there. It could be as simple as Banks has played in the first two games and looked good, and they're ready to go ahead and take a deep look at Poe, and they're not going to play Banks as much. That could be the reason. Uh, Delmar says need to head off to work, but just wanted to share that I was at both the catch game and Super Bowl. Um, was at 24 in Pontiac. Great times for a teenager. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, well done, Delmar, and, that, and that's great. I'll have to I'll have to get some of your. Um ideas on what you thought about that, what you th- felt your experiences, because I think those are great moments in 49ers' history. Absolutely fantastic. Well done. Um, so that's cool. Uh Marcelo says Poe as center. I-, I think that they had talked about Poe as center. We haven't seen Poe take those snaps. He's looked really good at guards, so they'll probably continue in that avenue. But it's always a possibility. They've they've started using Nick as center. So I mean it was Sutherland, uh, it's been Brendel. And it's been uh, West and then Zakel. Those are the guys that have been getting center snaps. So I think Zakel's probably in line to get more center snaps. I knew they weren't going to play him at center against Minnesota. It was too new. Um, and it, just doing it at joint practices isn't enough. So I think that they could work him in in this game. That would be interesting to watch as they started playing West as well at guard. I think they're trying to give these guys a lot of opportunities and a variety of situations to make this roster. I think we're going to see a lot of these young guys because they have to make some tough decisions. They really have to make tough decisions on the offensive line. Uh, not just are we going to keep eight because we know we can bring someone up as the ninth guy. You have to bring up a ninth guy. and One of them has to be an offensive lineman you know, if you're, for your active roster. Um, so could they go ahead and keep nine and then still have somebody come up? Maybe. Are they going to keep eight? And then who gets to the practice squad? Uh, would you be able to get Poe or Nick Sakella to practice squad? Don't oh, know. I think that would be tough. I think it would really be tough. They got to decisions all over the place. Wow. You know, 49ers uh, put this roster together at such a high level. It's 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 really, really tremendous. So they're going to have really tough decisions. Um, so thanks, everyone, for joining me, though, for this wonderful chat. I really enjoyed it. Uh, right now, uh, I'm going to I'm play a little bit of defense because we're getting hit by some spammers, but I'm going to go ahead and take care of them. Uh, but I really wanted to thank everyone that came through uh on this episode i've really enjoyed it Uh, thank you so much for all the new subscribers it's been a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to even more chats we're going to have more stuff coming up um so i think you guys can really look forward to even more content it's going to be a lot of fun coming up um here in the near future uh but thank you guys for coming through on this episode really appreciate it looking forward to the next one so stay tuned because we got a lot of stuff coming out tomorrow if you're new to the channel thank you so much for joining uh, let me know what you guys think of every episode. And of course, if you have chats, leave them in the chat. Uh, always going to get to those. And if you have comments, leave them in the comment section. If you're watching this after we went live, leave it in the comment section. And if you're deciding if you want to subscribe, I would appreciate it if you went ahead and subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you always know when we go live. Thanks everyone so much. I hope you guys have a good one. Oh, so stay safe and remember the right way, is always.